Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. Beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate the most joyous feast of the year, the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. It is a day of great triumph and victory, for death has been defeated, sin has been overcome, and the gates of heaven have been opened for us. And we, when we say the gates of heaven, we mean something more than to just tiptoe through the clouds with the angels after we die, as many conceptualize it. Rather, we mean that the veil that separates our view into heaven has gotten thinner. Yes, we still see through a glass darkly, but it's clearer than it was. God is no longer confined, if we may use that word, to the Holy of Holies in the temple, only to be encountered closely once a year. No, as we heard in the Passion narratives, the veil of the temple has been torn in two. Now we're allowed to see inside, all of us, not just the high priest. Now we participate not in a sacrifice of animals in the courtyard of the temple, but in a sacrifice in the Holy of Holies, joining with the sacrifice in heaven. For as we say in the Mass of St. Gregory, which we'll celebrate today, we humbly beseech the Almighty God to command that these gifts be borne by the hands of thy holy angel to thine altar on high in the presence of thy divine majesty. In our reading from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, we hear the apostle exhorting us to purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Here Paul is connecting Christ's sacrifice to that of the Passover. And as you may know, as prescribed in Jewish law found in Exodus 12, regarding the Feast of Unleavened Bread that follows the Passover, quote, For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Faithful Jews would do everything they could to remove leaven from their houses. And, and you know, if you bake, that a little leaven goes a long way. Indeed, St. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians, know that know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? And in modern times, you may know that some devout Jewish families have two separate kitchens to ease this process by only using that second kitchen at Passover time. Now, some like to make this passage about how we should be making bread for the Mass. But we see from the context that St. Paul is not talking about that at all. Just like he's really not talking about marriage in the passage that we always read at weddings, he's not really talking about the Mass right here. Instead, he's talking about the hearts of the people rather than whether the bread of the Mass is leavened or unleavened. Here, here are the context. Here's St. Paul. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. You're puffed up and have not rather mourned 
that he hath done this deed might be taken away from you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your goring is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new one, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. What St. Paul is saying here is that the Corinthians cannot worship properly when there's a little leaven of malice and wickedness in their midst. And that, that little leaven he's talking about is that fornicator among them who they haven't dealt with. And that's leavening the whole congregation. And he's saying to them they need to deliver that person over to Satan to excommunicate them in love, of course. We always excommunicate people in love for the purpose that they might repent and return to be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And therefore, by doing that, the congregation can be pure and therefore the the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And we're likewise called to let go of the old leaven of sin and corruption and to be renewed in the unleavened bre- to be renewed in the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We're called to live as new creations in Christ, walking in the light of his resurrection and striving to conform our lives to his example. And and we do that by entering into the sacrifice of the Holy Mass as unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We enter humbly, mere flour and water, bland bread, flat bread. We need leaven. Leaven is the life of the bread. And in the Mass, instead of encountering the leaven of malice and wickedness, the the leaven of the world, we encounter the leaven of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, our bread in the Mass in the Eastern Orthodox tradition is leavened. And looking at the Greek words on the account of the Last Supper do suggest that the bread we use was artos, which generally is leavened bread, but there, you know, there are exceptions, so this debate rages on. And also, as Saint, as, well, he might be a saint, but Bishop John teaches us in Middle Eastern culture, there are words for bread, like pita and other types of bread. But the bread we use in the Mass is also notably the translation would be flesh bread. See the connection? But I'm not here to get into a theological debate on these points. And as we know, from a historical perspective, the Orthodox world has admitted either unleavened or leavened bread as acceptable in the Mass. The reason I'm telling you this is just to inform you of some of the beautiful aspects of the bread we use in our liturgy and the connections it has to what we're talking about today. And instead, what I want to do is focus, though, just like St. Paul, not on the material that we use in the Mass, but on the the spiritual leaven, our hearts, that we come into contact with in the Mass. We need to come to Mass unleavened. That means we need to be humble, submissive, open. And we need to be rid of the leaven, of the malice and wickedness of the world. And if you're a baker, you know that when you're, you're making your leaven, like if you're making sourdough starter, that has to mature. 
so that the right yeasts are there, certain bacteria grow to keep, from, keep it from spoiling from other bacteria and other yeasts taking over. It, it has to be right. If there's a little bad leaven there in your mix, it can be impossible to ever get it, the good leaven to take root. If the other will just overwhelm it. And so we need to tend to our souls, rid ourselves of that old leaven, that leaven of malice and wickedness. We need to hunt as devout Jews do, finding and getting rid of any leaven before the feast so that when we encounter the good leaven, the leaven of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a leaven that enlivens rather than kills, it can find a rich place for growth and expansion. And what is that leaven of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? It's a leaven of love, kindness, compassion, sincerity and truth, righteousness, a leaven that reflects a genuine concern for the well-being of others. Eleven, that instead of wishing harm upon others and acting in ways that are harmful and destructive, is eleven that leads to the building up and benefit of others, even when it requires our personal sacrifice or self-denial. By cultivating this virtuous leaven in our lives, we will become more like Christ and grow in our relationship with God. When we leaven our bread with the virtuous leaven of Christ, we, like good bread, will rise. And the angel's proclamation of the good news of Christ's resurrection will apply to us. He is risen. She is risen. We are risen. We have been lifted up by the leaven of Jesus Christ. Our hearts have expanded. And we will feed the world with the good news of Christ. The message of the angel at the tomb that Christ is risen is the heart of our faith, the very essence of our hope. Christ is risen from the dead. And by his resurrection, he has conquered sin and death and opened the way to eternal life. This is the good news, the leaven that we proclaim to the world. And it's a source, it is the source of that which makes our unleavened bread rise with joy and hope. That same joy can also help raise up the whole world. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.